0: let us pray. Gracious Lord, we ask that you would teach us more of your ways, more of your rhythms of grace, that you would help us to know, receive, and share more of your love in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I had lunch uh, this past week with a business leader friend of mine who's been listening to the sermon series that we're on, and it was interesting because he said to me in, in the lunch that he said i've been thinking about this series he says I don't, I don't think that there's ever been a better more influential leader in the world ever and he said you know i it surprises me that we haven't done this kind of study m- more often whether a christian or an atheist because of the impact that he's had and we ought to be looking at jesus as a leader if you're just joining us uh, let me just say something we're in a sermon series where we're looking At at Jesus as a leader and the premise of this sermon series is that Jesus was not just a great moral teacher he's not just God inviting you into a relationship but he is this phenomenal leader who you know his influence is obvious that he's as this organization that continues this day that has been the most long-lasting influential powerful organization that that there is and that it's worth going back and looking at him now to ask how did he lead and along with that is Uh, sort of the premise that we're all leaders and if we want to be the best leaders that we can be one way to get better is to look at Jesus as a leader so that's what we're doing and this is the third week if you've missed us on the other weeks I encourage you to go back and get those online through our media center on the on the website and what I'd like to do today though is I'd like to look at um, a, a number of leadership skills that Jesus models that he has and that he presents and as I've said in the other weeks There are lots and lots and lots of examples and things that we can take from Jesus' life and His teaching, and we're only going to do some of them. So today, I want to do three of of them. And the first one of these that I want to look at today is to think about how great leaders, the best leader, Jesus, leads by example. That's part of what what we're talking about. And when you start to look at Jesus' life and how He led You'll see that he never asked anybody to do something he didn't do, that he always modeled things, and he always puts it out there. And we got some of that today as we were thinking about this first reading that Mary did just a moment ago. In um, John 13, he says, you know, I've given you an example to follow. Now do as I've done. He, he tells them explicitly, this is what I've done. But he, he got down and, of course, did the work of, of the lowest servant in washing their feet. And I think, I, I have this thing where he's like, he didn't just do it like he wanted to like, for the people that were audible, not just visual, he wanted to say, exclamation point, did you get this? I just did this thing because I want you to have an example. He's leading by example that way. And that's the way he did all the things that he did. He Everything he did, it was that way. And it's not just Jesus. Of course, his big followers do the same thing. St. Paul, you know, does it time and time again. He'll do that. And we, in our first reading today, From First Timothy, we get him telling Timothy, "Don't let youth put you on the side, but like, make sure you're leading by example. Make sure you're modeling this stuff. Make sure you're doing it as part of what you're doing." And Paul goes on to say in a number of different passages various things that are very directly on that. One can think about First Corinthians 11, where he says he tells his followers, "Do as I do, for I'm doing as Christ did." Like, so he's he's all in on this. Uh, willingness to say and be an example of what i'm trying to teach i shy away from that sometimes because that's not i don't have the confidence paul did but this idea that leaders should be able to model and present examples a few years ago in the wall street journal i read about a vietnam vet a guy who was a second lieutenant named carl marlantis and he when he was he he he's written three books and he was doing an excerpt of this in the wall street journal but he was talking about this story when he was 23 years old He's leading 40 Marines, so you think about how the, arm, the military brings people up quickly and their responsibility, but he is uh, they're taking on a bunch of fire, and he takes these 40 guys, and they head into, into the jungle to hide, and then they call in air support that's supposed to come nail this hill where all this uh, fire is coming from, and apparently air support came in, and unbeknownst to them, Marlantis, they hit the wrong hill. So then they come out of the jungle and they come under extreme uh, fire. And he said they all take cover everywhere they could. And and he realizes that before the Air Force or the air support could ever get back, they're gonna be done. And so he eventually uh, decides they have to do something. And And he stands up and starts a charge on the hill where all of these things are going. And I wanna read part of what he says. He says, if I didn't get up and lead, we'd get wiped out. I did a lot of things that day, but the one I'm most proud of is that I simply stood up in the middle of the flying metal and started up the hill. I simply ran forward up the steep hill, zigzagging for the bunker all by myself, hoping my own soldiers wouldn't hit me in the back. And he goes on to say how relieved he was that halfway up the hill, out of his peripheral vision, he saw movement behind him and he glanced back and saw that all of his 40 men had followed him. But it all started with him standing up in the middle of the attack and making the run on this hill. And that's how leadership is. I mean, and Jesus, again, is direct about this in lots of different ways. You think about the story that he tells in Matthew 20, where it's this awkward story where it's the mother of James and John, and they come; she comes to Jesus and says, when you get to the fullness of your kingdom. Would you put one of my sons at your left and one of my sons at at your right hand? Like give them these great positions. And after Jesus tells her, it's not for me to grant that. He goes back to the other 10 that are miffed about all this. And uh, he begins to explain a few things to them. But what he says, if you remember this, he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it will not be so among you. Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. Jesus calls them to servant leadership, but he doesn't do it without modeling it from start to finish of his entire public ministry. Down to doing like the final night before he's going to get killed, he's down on his feet washing he's he's down on the floor washing feet. And telling them, look at this, I want you to see this, make sure you get this, because I want to set an example for you. And that's what I think great leaders do. They model it, and they set an example. So that's one of the things that we can look at Jesus as a great leader. The, the second thing that I'd like to look at this morning and have us reflect on is how great leaders put out great, a big, great visions. Or another way to say that is they challenge small thinking. And I think Jesus does that time and time again. Like he he will put out these visions that are huge. You can think about if you read the pages of scripture and you get to the final chapter of Matthew, you get this passage where Jesus is talking to his followers and he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit and all that. But like he's telling them, go to all nations, go everywhere. And this is a time when there's no planes or trains or automobiles or any of that but he's nonetheless saying go everywhere go everywhere and do this and i think it would have been real tempting for them to say yeah jesus that's not possible like look at all this like what are you saying but i think jesus had taught them in lots of ways to to set aside their first reaction that maybe, oh that's not possible to blow up their prejudices or the way they approach it and to lean into these big visions that he's giving because he's going to give a big vision and he's also going to give encouragement to go with it. I'll say more about that in a few minutes. And it 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 changes things. I mean, that's how that's. And he had modeled this for him again. He had, he had done this. He had taught him and modeled modeled this. I think about if you're going to start looking at some of these, when Jesus um, is off in this lonely place with this huge crowd, and it's late at night, and his disciples come to him and say, "Man, we got to we got to send him off because." They're all hungry, and it's there's nothing around here. And it's the end of the day, and Jesus turns to them and says, "You feed them." And they're like, "What? There's nothing around here." But he model he teaches them because he's like, "They're ready to give up. We're not able to do that." And he says, "Well, what do you have? Oh, we got five loaves and two fish." And Jesus says, "Bring them to me," and he blesses them and breaks them, and you know the rest of the story how he feeds everybody. But I wonder they're taking that on board like what seemed impossible at first. He does, and he did it, and he modeled. And if he's behind us and he's empowering us, maybe our first question should be, how are we going to do this? And I think, too, about like some of the passages, like in Luke 9, where, where Jesus is going to send off his followers to go teach about the kingdom but to also heal the same way that he did. And if you rewind the clock before they met Jesus and somebody had said, yeah, I, I can see this vision that in a few years from now you're going to go out and preach and heal, heal all these people – They'd be like, what's wrong with you? But here he, Jesus gives it to them and they go. And get one, they have one occasion we read about where he, they had to go back to him and say, this isn't working. But by and large, they did what he said. They went out and did it and they could receive it. And he would modeled them and he, I think he had taught it to them. And this is one of those leadership things that uh, Jesus teaches that I think the business community and, and those who write about leadership are, know this well. And when I started thinking about this idea of a big vision that draws you in, I started thinking about Jim Collins' uh, book, Built to Last, for those of you who've read it, because he has this one place in it where he talks about how organizations that are going go to go the, to the next level, that are going to pull everything along and go higher, they need a BHAG, which he describes as a big, hairy, audacious goal. This idea that you need something that, p- that your organization is gonna be see clearly, be united behind, and push on. And you know, obviously people talk about a moonshot, but he gives ex- lots of examples. But like the one that I think about that he gives is he talks about Boeing coming out of World War II. They were only a military manufacturer. Four-fifths of everything they did was for the Air Force. And they had a, their engineers come and say, we think the time is right when we should try to do the first jet, and we, we, that's all we think of today, but all the airlines, and Douglas thought this was gonna go on forever, that it was gonna be prop planes in the commercial arena. And these engineers came and said, we think there's, we should do a jet for the commercial space. And it was a huge undertaking because it was, it was gonna cost them something like 25% of their corporate net worth to just do a prototype all the different risk that was involved in this thing. But, but that was the, the goal, the BHAG that they had, that they leaned into, and of course resulted in, in the 707. And then later on, they would do sort of the same thing later with the 747, if you know that story, because they, when they started building that, they didn't have jets that could do, they didn't have engines that could, that could do it. But by the time that design was done, they had developed them, they, they'd been developed. So these BHAGs that draw us into that place, and that's the way Jesus does. He, he gives these huge visions that challenge small thinking that brings his people into it and i think if jesus was here being interviewed he'd say yeah i took these 12 people who had no particular skills in leadership that anybody knew of in this backwater place of galilee and they have changed the entire world it went from that place he gave them this huge goal now, granted, he also empowered them with the Holy Spirit. And we can talk about you know, all the different things that went with that. But he gave them this big goal, challenged their small thinking, and they leaned into it. And it's changed the world forever as this most powerful of things. So that's the, the the first thing we think about is how leaders lead by example. And we think about how they also give, they challenge small thinking and give big visions and all this. The final thing that I'd like to look at and have you think about in the coming week to think about how great leaders also will um, encourage and will help see potential of people and not just where they are today the power of being able to see in somebody what they could be as something that motivates them and helps everybody in what they do and jesus um, does this time and time again and i don't know if you've ever had this in your life but i can say firsthand it's very encouraging. I think about when I f- first came out of graduate school, out of law school, I worked at a big firm and I had this one lawyer that I worked for about 50% of my time, who could see potential in me that I, I couldn't. He, he could see me as a better writer than I was. And he always expected more of me. And I found, I, I didn't want to disappoint him. I always leaned, he always pulled out, his name was Larry, he always pulled out something better than I thought I could otherwise do. Because he expected it, and I could see it in him, and he he wanted it, and it was just so tangible that it was his own encouragement and how he did it. I think Jesus does that again and again and throughout his ministry. I think probably the most significant example of that is probably with Peter, because you get Peter, you know if you go read the Gospel's cover to cover. Peter is this guy that's impetuous, he's he's impatient. He all the time j- like jumps before he thinks, acts before he thinks. He, you know, he's the guy that tells Jesus, let me walk on the water, and then he starts to sink. You know, he's the one who says to Jesus, I- I'll never deny you, and then he denies him three times. He's the one who immediately jumps up in, in the garden and slices off the ear of the people coming, and Jesus says, Chill out, I got this kind of a thing you know like he's always doing that but then jesus later when he gets something right looks at him and can see what he can do and see what he is and says you're peter and on this rock i will build my church like he he draws him into something way bigger and he can see that kind of potential and you know it's a bit of an aside but i think that's how god looks at all of us because god knows you he knows you're good, he knows how he, he, he's made you, and he knows what you can do. And he, I think he always looks at you and sees your potential and draws you into something bigger. And it's something super encouraging about people that do that. I think about one of the luxuries I have in life is just for 30 minutes every week, I have a trainer. And I think that's part of the gift of having this trainer is that she is always able to see that I can do more. Cause like we'll come up to some new exercise and I'm thinking, put the five pounds on that one. It's just like, no, no, I think we can do the 20s, you know? She can see potential that I don't, and sure enough, she'll pull me into to doing more. And I think that's part of this aspect of being able to see people's potential as a way to encourage and to draw them into something bigger and something more. And, you know, as we're in the home stretch of the NFL season, you know, I think probably a classic example from the football arena, you know, has to be the Green Bay Packers. Because if you know their whole story back in the 40s and 50s, they were a terrible team. I mean, their winning rate for the 12 years back then was something like 30% of their games that they won. And then in 1958, they had this embarrassing season of being 1-11. And in the next year, things changed, and they went on to have nine straight winning seasons, five championships, and the first two Super Bowls. And what made the difference? hiring the coach, Vince Lombardi, as everybody probably knows, the trophy at the Super Bowl is named for him. But he could see potential in them, and he would be able to tell them, you're not losers. You're people that can win, and here's what we need to do. And he, it's this ability to see the potential and draw it out through incur- seeing the potential and in the encouragement. That's what great leaders do. And I think that's what Jesus does again and again. I think that's what God does again and again. I think about this every morning, because if you ever do morning prayer, that one of the final parts of morning prayer that you can end with, there's some options, but one of the options you can end with is this quote from Ephesians 3, and I, I include it in morning prayer when I do it every week, but it, it, it's a part that says, glory to God, whose power working in you can do more than you can ask or imagine, As part of this passage. It goes on from there, but glory to God, whose power working in you can do more than you can ask Or imagine like God can do these amazing things in you if you'll let him if you'll lean into it like there's all these super encouraging things that he does that way and it's super encouraging for us when we allow God to do that it's super encouraging for us as leaders when we can see the potential in other people and help draw it out of that place it makes all the difference and I think that um There are ways that we can look at how Jesus did this. Um, I think about how Jesus tells, again, his followers as they're going out. This is in John 14. He says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. In fact, they'll even do more because I'm going to my Father. So I'm going to send the Spirit. You're going to be able to do more. That's the kind of encouragement that he's doing. You're going to do greater things than even I've done is part of what he says. He continues to feed that encouragement as part of it. And we see that again and again in Scripture, and Paul does it. Um, lots of places in Scripture do it. Um, Hebrews ten says, "And let us consider how to provoke one another, how to encourage one another to loving good deeds." Or First Thessalonians five, Paul says, "Therefore encourage one another, and build each other up." Indeed, as you're doing. And I think um, it's interesting, again, to just go back and look at some of the data because. There have been loads of studies now that um, management consultants and people have done that say people will respond more for you giving them praise and encouragement than they will for money. Gallup did one. It's getting a little bit old now, but it, it's significant because they, they surveyed over a million people in the world. And they came back, and, they, and that's a, one of their findings was just that, that people will respond to praise and encouragement more than they will to money part of that thing part of their conclusions was that employees who receive regular praise are more productive engaged and are more likely to stay with the organization than those who do not the survey goes on to say that employees who are praised receive higher loyalty and satisfaction scores from the, from their customers like they're just better with their customers as well there's there's all of this and I think about not just being a leader in whatever organization, family, wherever you are, but it makes a difference all across life if you can make part of what you do to be an encourager. I was reading the story. I thought this was kind of cool. This was an 18-year-old college student in the UK who recently won, in the last couple years, won an award um, that was given out by the local police department because she undertook to go to this local bridge where people were on their last... um, what do you want to say, their last part of the rope. And she would go and routinely put up notes there. And she would, she would keep writing notes and taping them and putting them on this bridge where people would sometimes go that were words of encouragement for people that were in these dark places. And event, word got around who was doing this, and, and it had an impact in helping people, and they eventually wanted to award it. And the police uh, chief at the time that, that awarded it said, we thought it was important, her name was Paige Hunter, We thought it was important to applaud the work of Paige has been doing and the help she's given those in Sunderland who are going through mental crisis. Paige has shown incredible understanding of vulnerable vulnerable people in need and support. And this is an innovative way to reach out to those in dark places. For somebody so young, Paige has shown a real maturity and we thought it would only be right to thank her personally. She should be very proud of herself. And I think at the end of the day, it's ultimately just about valuing people. This ability to see potential, encourage, and draw out is about valuing people. And that's something Jesus teaches us every day in everything that we do. Jesus is the greatest leader the world's ever known. And I invite you to think about that and how you're a leader and we'll be better leaders if we can emulate him. This week, I encourage you to think about what it means to be an example of whatever it is we're called to, to lead, to be a leader by example, to challenge small thinking with bigger thoughts and, and bigger visions and to see the potential of others and to encourage people to lean into it. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you see, you give us faith and hope and you can see what we can become. Part of that, Lord, we ask that you would help us to become better leaders in, in whatever we do, in our families, in our work, whatever it is. We pray that you would empower us by your spirit, and you would help us see what you can do in us, because it's more than we can ask or imagine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, will you please stand?